Happy New Year. Cover Zero is back after our holiday break. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Doing, doing great, actually. Doing great. Ravens in the playoffs, so I'm doing good. Yeah, I'll bet you are. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> Glad to be back on the mic. Glad it's the playoff time. Congrats to y'all squads on making it. AFC was tough, man. AFC was tough. You know, yeah, was, you guys I, I, had. I was, uh, I was, I was looking. Road. I was looking at y'all right then. Y'all, if I was y'all, man, I'll be beyond disappointed in how how y'all season ended. Oh, we are. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah, I am. Yeah. Especially for y'all with six and three, and then having in the easiest remaining schedule, and then just being yeah. Yeah. just a Broncos. Right. You know, it's crazy. It's the same thing that happened last. The right. same exact right. thing. Right. Six and four. I'm not going to get schedule. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it, it's crazy because I don't think the schedule was as easy last year. Plus, we didn't have as much talent as we did this year, you know, and, and just, we just folded. I mean, the, really the defense. I mean, I, you know, I've expressed my feelings so many times on SSAW. Shout out the page. But, you know, the defense is just it's just piss poor, bro. It's piss. It's, it's just terrible. It's terrible. You know, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it was on the de- defensive coordinator, but then some of it is just on the players. It's just, you know, they need to grow or they need to get off the team. You know, you got some players that ain't going to go nowhere because we just drafted them. But then you got some other players where it's it's time for them to go, you know. And then we had injury problems, you know. So it was it was, it was was a lot, you know. Defense was trash, though. It was, I mean, that, that Jets, not the, the Jets game, but the Miami game, the last play of that Miami game summed up everything – that that defense was throughout the course of this year. Right. A, right. You got a terrible cover two call when they need they need to go they need to go what is it 45 yards in 19 seconds. Why are you calling a just two high safeties and having five underneath defenders? That makes no sense. Right. Now defenders need to be able to understand situational football in this type of scenario. So maybe yeah. play a little bit higher, don't play the flat so hard. And right. then on top of all of it, you commit a penalty amidst a stupid play call and poor execution from your individuals. Right. The microcosm of the defense. Yeah, and, and and you know, I agree. I didn't I didn't agree with the play call, but you can't leave you can't leave him wide open like that. I mean, regardless of the play, if somebody was dead, like Isaiah Johnson, I think he was subbed in to play safety at that point. He was running over there real late. Uh, obviously, uh, Arnett, Arnett just let him just, go. He's playing his too. Like you got to play some situational football. Like yeah, you. bro. Like you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, the defense definitely uh, need to tighten up. You know, offense is fine. I'm not really worried about that, but the defense. We need to get that situated, and it starts with the defensive coordinator. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that actually brings me into, um, I want to briefly touch on this topic before we get into our wild card weekend. Um, there are a lot of positions that are and will be coming open, hopefully. You know, you guys hear some news soon. Um, what I wanted to see from you guys is with these, um, head coach firings and other positions, what do you guys see, um, or who do you guys see filling those positions best for each of those squads? Uh, Chargers, Jags, Jets, Texans, Lions, Falcons, right? Falcons is the last one I'm thinking about. Um, who do you guys see filling those spots and actually 
changing what is going on with some of these teams that are struggling? Well, I know for a fact, hopefully, I mean, this will be this would be crazy if he don't get a job this year. But Eric, the enemy, I think we all know and we're expecting him to land a job somewhere. I think for me, I would really like to. I think it would really work anywhere with him. But I don't want to see him accept the job like with the Jets. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really want to see that. I know they're picking real high, but we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. And then you just don't. And then the Jaguars picking first now. It's just an organization I really wouldn't want to go to. But I wouldn't mind seeing him over there in uh, Houston. You know, I think him and Watson could really do some some good things over there. They did just uh, pick up a new or just hired a new uh, GM over there. Nick Casario from the Patriots. And, you know, it's crazy. You would think that they would kind of be tired of, you know, the Patriots, you know, just picking players from over, not players, but like, you know, uh, coaches or assistants or, you know, it just don't seem to always work. Most of the time it don't work, you know, anybody coming from that organization, you know, but they did just hire a new GM. We'll see where he goes with it. You know, maybe, maybe he looks at a Josh McDaniels, you know, I don't know, but it would, I, I would like to see what Eric could do. With uh, Deshaun Watson, you know that would that would be my first one. I'll let everybody else go, but it's yeah, that that's one that I would like to see. Yeah, mainly mainly enemy is is the guy I think that everyone's going to be sorting after in terms of an offensive mind that can grow and allow your offense to be able to not only keep pace with these with what the NFL is going, but be able to innovate and improve it. He's been the guy, and he's overdue. And I think he, I don't think there's a way that we exit out of this off season without him taking a head coaching job, unless he simply says, you know what? I don't want that. He, right. he, that's the only way he's too good. Apart from him, I would say Brian Dayball with the bills. We've talked about him as being another guy with the development he's had with Josh Allen. Then there's also, if they, if Atlanta decides to retain Raheem Morris, I think the only way they do so is to elevate him to a head coach and that team, they still were not like a great team down the stretch, but they were a much more inspired unit. They, he had a lot more buy-in from those players. And if they want to go the defensive route, maybe bring in a coordinator to you know work with him, that'd be another option. I think Arthur Smith with the Titans, their current offensive coordinator right now, being able to take that offense to another level that was really needed for them to be at the current strength they are. He's another guy, has a really good feel for in-game play calling and how to attack opponents and get the most out of his guys. And then beyond that, you have the names that have been whispered around the NFL for so long about returning. There's been rumors about a month or so ago, Bill Cower possibly returning. People have talked about bringing Urban Meyer back into the, the fold of football and coming to the NFL. And then if right. he does that, is he going to retool and bring in his guys all over the place? And I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if we start to see Joe Brady's name thrown somewhere in the head coaching like fire of possible like like you know if he's a log in that fire i don't necessarily think he goes just yet i think you know offensive coordinator is kind of where he's at i want to see what him and matt rule can build over there but he's going to be another one who's highly sought after so those are really the names that i think we're going to see be filled in in other places and with anthony lynn going i think he'll get a position job somewhere else within the nfl that's probably what's best suited for him his decisions throughout the course of this year showed he's just not there in terms of in-game management, decision-making, and being able to put your team in the best position to win right there. But I do think he does have something to bring to an NFL locker room. So mainly that's 
that's kind of the names. And as you said, Josiah, Josh McDaniels, too. Those are kind of the names around the top that could be looking to get into the ranks of a head coaching job. There's another one, too. I want to see if Henry, I'll let Henry go. There's another name, too, I want to bring up. You guys really think Josh McDaniels like high on uh, teams' radars right now? No, I, I don't. don't. But, yeah. but, but only why I said that it's a possibility is because the GM for the, the Texans just hired a, 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 a Patriots associate over there, you know, and he's the GM over there, Nick, the guy I just brought up. So it's a possibility that he may stay into that organization and, you know, pick somebody like Josh McDaniels. That's why I brought his name up. But I don't think he's high on anybody else's on anybody else's radar, no. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of people ahead of him, for sure. Yeah, because I, I definitely don't think so. But, of course, everybody's hottest name right now is Eric Bien-Ami. Um, I agree with Josiah. I think the Texans, with him and Deshaun Watson, because, uh, you know, he, he can do a lot with those quarterbacks. I can Because, you know, of course, Deshaun Watson's not a run-first quarterback, or but he can't move, so – I think they can do, he can make some real creative plays over there, pretty much kind of like how he's been doing over there with Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he doesn't have the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes, but he can definitely do some some wild things over there. Um, and I've been hearing Joe Brady's name a little bit. I, I think he might try to interview with, I want to say the Texans maybe, which would be another interesting yeah, hire. We've been seeing how he's been doing pretty good, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater. And we all know Deshaun Watson way way better than Teddy Bridgewater. so. I think those are the few names that uh, we need to keep an eye out on for. But I'll, I think the Jaguars' job is pretty interesting because, just like Josiah alluded to, they have the number one overall pick. And then they have a lot of cap space, too. Yeah. So if they can probably bring in a few veteran free agents, draft Trevor Lawrence, as if, if he does declare, which everybody thinks he will be, draft Trevor Lawrence, so you, you got your quarterback there. Uh, maybe you could take some some linemen or get some uh, some good linemen in, in the in free agency because, like I said, you have all that cap. They got a nice little stud, undrafted rookie running back back there that will be going into his second year. And, you know, they got some weapons over there with DJ Chark. DJ Chark's a pretty good receiver. Just made the Pro Bowl last year but just dealt with some injuries uh, this year. So, and then you got Miles Jack over there on the defensive side of the ball. So, they, they got some few pieces. So, you never know. Maybe I think being say if he just does take the Jaguars job because it, it kind of is enticing because they got a lot of cap. You got the number one overall pick, so they can do a few things over there. So I think that Jaguars job is pretty enticing. Hopefully, ownership doesn't you know mess it all up and mess up Trevor Lawrence. We, we don't want to see nothing right. like that. But that job is very enticing. That's a good point too because they if you look at the Texans job, yeah, there's Deshaun Watson, great, no draft. Uh, Exactly. Like, what else do you have to like surround him with, and really for the for the foreseeable future because of how 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 much Bill O'Brien mortgaged the future of right. the team for Lermie Tunsil? Crazy for Lermie Tunsil. <laughs> it's like Bill O'Brien was the one in the gas mask. You said you had another coach outside. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, uh, Robert Sala. You know, the defensive coordinator yeah. over there for San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. He's been on a lot of people's radar. I've been reading it. Well, I, I'll say this. I've been reading that he's been on a lot of people's radars and whatnot. He's actually been in the top three everywhere I yeah. read. Me too. Next, mm-hmm. You know, I think, the area. I think he had an interview with the, the Chargers, I want to say. And Atlanta. Okay. And Atlanta. That, that's why I don't think, you know, and, and Raheem Morris, I think, should keep the job. But because they're supposed to be interviewing Eric, the mm-hmm. enemy, and Robert Sala, it's, it's almost like yeah. – I just posted about that on the page. No way you're not going with either one of those guys. You know, I, I would go again, you know, you already know I said I would I would go Eric B- enemy there, but 
you know, it, it, it's a and then it's a tough job, too. You know, I was talking to Brian about that. It, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit on a page uh, because of, you know, the cap space, obviously, with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones and then players getting older and things like that. So, you know, you don't have too much room to work with as far as cap. But I mean, you know, you do have some stuff, uh, stuff pieces there. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, those two guys, I think, gets a job. Those two for sure, you know, and and maybe Robert even go to uh, Detroit. You know, I know there's a fan or the fans has been, I guess he's from there and, and they really they wrote a letter and something like they really want him to go and be the head coach over there. So we'll see what happens, you know, but yeah, those two guys, I think is top on everybody's list. Those were some good ones. I am looking forward to seeing what transpires out of all of it. And we're obviously going to stay covering that news as it hits. So let's move into our wild card weekend. It's here. Super wild. They made card. it. They made it through COVID, guys. We the COVID season happened. It's done. The NFL did it. We were we, questioning that very, we were. very highly in the beginning, and, and here we are with playoffs. That's um, very good. <laughs> it's amazing uh, that I think they did it. Actually, before we get into that, how do you guys think that the NFL handled COVID? And I want to discuss that with you before we get into some of these games because COVID might play into that. Um, what do you guys think? And I, I'm not going to compare it to any other leagues because that right. um, might not be fair. But um, <laughs> what do you guys think of the COVID situation during this season? I mean, they had they had the one thing I will give the NFL credit for is that they weren't too stuck in their ways to okay, this is the rules we've laid out in late August, early September, and we're just going to keep it that way. They actually did start to make certain tweaks, maybe not the best, like like we had talked about it, like the halfway point of the season or at some point throughout the course of the year. The one thing they could really do to lock down on it was to just simply say, hey, no fans in the stands at all. Right. Right. That's just adds so much more people in a time in which you're trying to increase social distancing. Right. So that was the one area. But what they also did do is they like. I talked about it before. They instilled like the trackers on players to deem who was next to each other. Once you had a positive COVID test, that's a step that the NFL, I think could have gotten away with considering what we've seen this league get away with in the past. That right. I, that I think was a smart one to take to be able to, as a precautionary step, because it wasn't, they could have played the card of like, Oh, look, we don't have player X or player Z who tested positive even though they were around player c who did test positive so we have negative tests but they took the contact tracing into consideration and to be able to track and see that so i think that was a really good move then to be able to also now as they've extended it to where if you test positive and you are asymptomatic even for nine days you still have to go that 10th day of without receiving a positive test to be able to come back and mm-hmm. so that was something that they also changed throughout the course of the season. So I think the NFL, I'd still give them probably like a B, B minus in terms of how they handled it with COVID, being able to go to places, giving each state and each team their own choice to how they want to handle it with fans in the stands. But we all, you know, we're everywhere. Yeah. Else and, but mm-hmm. that's why that's the one thing that I would think that's holding them back from the A, but the, they changed their ideology and I'd 
don't always expect the NFL to do that in, in, with situations like this. So Very good point. That'd be. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the only thing that, you know, was was the concerning part, you know, was them allowing the fans. I know it wasn't really them. I mean, it was more so on the city and state and things like that. But at the same time, you know, they were really coming hard, coming down hard on some of these players, you know, catching it or, you know, whatever. And it just seemed like, you know, you're so concerned. We talked about this on one of the episodes so concerned about it. Why are you allowing 15,000, 20,000 fans in the stadium, you know, and allow, and then some of them is crazy. Cause you watch, you watch the games and you see the fans yelling and a lot of them don't even got their mask on, you yeah. know, you know how, they're down on their chin. Yeah. It's down on their chin. You know how, you know, you know how uh, contagious the virus is. So that was the only contradicting part in my opinion. But other than that, you got to give them a good grade. You got to give them a solid B like Jordan said, because they got through it. You know, and teams played. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, there was only a couple really, what, few really bad teams. A lot of a lot of these teams this year on the AFC and the NFC, they played well. There's a lot of good games this year. We've seen a lot of high scoring games. You know, I mean, football, they they did their thing, you know, and, and they had a couple of hiccups in the beginning where they had to push games back. We, we've seen that happen. And then they had to they shut down as far as practicing. You can only practice for a couple of days out the week. So things got a little bit tough, but it was for every team and teams still play tough, you know, and, and you know, you got this is these, this is the best that we got right now in the NFC and the AFC in the playoffs. So they got through it. Hopefully they finish with the playoffs, you know, and uh, and the Super Bowl. And yeah, so I, I feel like they did a solid job. Yeah, I agree. I think they did a pretty good job. With handling it, you know, with the the players happening during midseason, and because honestly, that's that's honestly with, with the COVID, that was honestly the best they can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the outbreaks, I honestly think this right. the best way they handled it. They did handle it the best way that you know they could handle it, and that's honestly that's all you can do. Like I said, going in before the season, you know, when they had the meetings and all that stuff, they of course they knew some players were going to get hit. It's not like they didn't they. Thought like there would be no COVID cases, you know. So they, I think they prepared for it pretty well. With I know some teams got it, of course, worse than other. I know we had a crazy outbreak because of one of our strength and conditioning coaches or whatever. And just like the Browns, it seemed like the Browns won't have their head coach for their playoff game, which is crazy. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think I give it. I give it a B as well. Um, not outstanding, but I think for what they had to deal with, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, and I agree with what you guys said. And, you know, when I was talking about let's not look at other leagues and that sort of thing, I mean, they have a lot of – they had a lot of people to deal with and trace and keep yeah. safe. And, I mean, just not – I mean, all the way from the teams to the staff that they had in these stadiums and all of that. So that's definitely um, commendable job on that one because you didn't hear of you know too many crazy cases and for the most part the players were following protocol and all of that too which was good to see for sure and it didn't change the viewing experience either like as far as watching the games on tv oh, I, yeah. I never really felt like oh man i like it was of course you want to see fans in the stands whatever you know but the viewing experience was this was it was Sunday football week in and week out. And whoever was in charge of sound did that because I, yeah. sometimes I was like, 
almost forgot that there wasn't a crowd until they would like pan out and I'm like, oh, there's nobody there. That was that was the, pretty decent. The fake boos just they never got old and they still won't throughout the playoffs. <laughs> right. boo, like like do with the boo button <laughs> like, yeah, this for you. <laughs> just pushing that. <laughs> I want to be in charge of that button. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like you behind the curtain just <laughs> pressing the right. button. Right. <laughs> Okay, so let me trace back to our wild card playoffs. We're going to go in order with the games. Keep it simple. So let's start out with the Colts versus Bills. Who do you guys have taking this? What do you have as the determining factor to win this game? Uh, for me, in order for, for the Colts to win this game, they got to contain, I believe it's probably keeping Josh out from, you know, when he rolls out, usually when he's rolling out, it's usually going to be a big play to Diggs. So mm-hmm. I think if DeForest Buckner can get some pressure inside, uh, I think they have a chance to win. I don't think they will win, but I think it will give them a better chance to win. And maybe uh, on, on the offensive side of the ball for the Colts, maybe they just run that football, uh, give Jonathan Taylor a good load to try to keep that offense off the field, You know, sustain some long drives, get that defense tired over there for Buffalo. I think they'll have a chance. Now, with that being said, I don't think they'll probably be successful doing that. I do think that the Bills will the Bill, you know, these past four or five weeks, Bills have been putting up points. They put up a lot of points. Yeah. So and and you know, Diggs, he's been a problem. Just led the league in receiving yards this year. So I think the Bills will definitely take this game. I think Josh Allen has, is gonna have a big big game. I think Stefan Diggs is gonna have a big game. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, that first round pick is looking like nothing. That they traded for him because he's just been a, a godsend for for what they've been wanting for for a receiver. He took he really been taking been able to take Josh Allen's game to the next level. It just shows how important uh, having a great number one receiver can help for your young quarterback. So, but yeah, I got the Bills taking this game. I'm going to go Bills thirty four, Colts twenty one. Thirty four twenty one. Yeah, you know I got uh. I got the bills in this one, but I, I think this is going to be a really good game here. You know, I, I think what I liked, what what we've been waiting from the bills and we've seen it now for about a good half of the season is their defense to come alive. You know, we were questioning their defense beginning of the uh, beginning of the season, you know, for at least for the first six, seven games, it was wondering where was that, you know, where's the defense because they have so much talent over there, you know, and even some of their star players didn't even look, you know, didn't look that good and just didn't understand but now they're clicking on defense, and I think now it, it's it's they're a scary team. They really could they could really take it all the way. I don't I'm not going to go that far with it, but I definitely think now with their defense playing at a high level and their offense, like Henry said, putting up a lot of points, it's it's going to be tough for it's it's going to be tough for any team, and especially the Colts. I do like what the Colts is uh, what what they're doing. I really like their defense. You know, obviously being a, <laughs> a Raider fan, we got to see it firsthand. Me and Jordan, mm-hmm. but that defense is for real, man. You know, we questioned it early in the season if it was really for real. It is. You know, that defense they get after you on the, in the defensive line. They got one of the best linebackers in the league. You know, their their corners is playing really solid. You know, even TJ Carey, Jordan. You know, yeah. he's making big time plays and whatnot. He's playing really well. So it's it's gonna be a game. It's gonna be a game. And again, shout out to you know, like Henry was saying with Stephon Diggs, he's really been a revelation for Josh Allen. And we questioned that. You know, we were like, oh yeah, Stephon Diggs, that's that's big, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it won't mean nothing if he can't hit him, you know, downfield, you know, right. because we didn't think right. he was gonna be accurate. 
But, you know, he's been accurate with it, man. He's been accurate with those passes, downfield, midfield, short field, don't matter. And then he'll, and then, like Henry said, too, you know, he could run, he could scramble, but he, I mean, he'll run you over. He ain't scared. You know what I'm saying? He's a big QB, too. I mean, he's somebody that will, you know, lower his shoulder to try to do anything he can to get the first down and more. So, yeah, I, I like, but I do like, well, yeah, I like the Bills in this situation here. I just think they're going to be a little bit too much on offense. This could be, a really high scoring game. I'm looking at 37 to 30. 37 30. Okay. Yeah, I think it a high scoring is a is a nice potential for this game just with the way it's all shaken out. And the thing with that I like about this game, I posted on Twitter and was asking everyone like which game of the wild card weekend are you liking the most and looking forward to the most and like rank them in order. And particularly for the Bills right now, this is the game I'm looking forward to the most because one reason is because of the contrast in styles. You have the Bills who who use their safeties just interchangeably. Sometimes you'll see Jordan Poyer down in the box. You'll see Micah Hyde there as well. And they'll really mess with quarterbacks' alignments from that viewpoint. Beyond that, you have the Colts who just mostly run the same thing. They've kind of changed it up as the year's gone on and gone more single high and gone a little bit more man coverage. But for the, a lot of the a lot of the majority of the snaps, you're going to see a lot of cover two out of them. But they just execute it so well, and they get pressure with that front four, and that's why it's able to work really well. Just like you brought up Josiah, TJ Carey having a good year. Kenny Moore, their nickel corner, he's having a real solid year. Rock Yustin as well. There is actually been a rejuvenation from Xavier Rhodes on top you're of right. that. <laughs> right and 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 Julian Blackman, that rookie safety out of Utah, like like I wrote on when I did my my all rookie team, the safety position with these rookies this year, these dudes are balling. And Julian Blackman has had a had a very very impressive year. So it's strength on strength with the Colts defense going against that Bills offense. And just like you brought up, Henry, I think that Bills offense is just cooking a little too hot right now for that Colts defense to be able to contain them enough for the offense and the ball control offense that the Colts use to be able to take them over. So give me the bills as well. My score, I'm going to go with bills, 31 Colts, 27. Well, that's close. Yeah. I I like this game. I think there will be some back and forth here. And ironically enough, the last time the bills were in the playoffs at 13 and three, not last time they were in the playoffs, last time they were, 13-3, and and in the playoffs, Frank Reich was their quarterback. Ironically enough, the NFL is always good for weird little storylines like that. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this, and I'm glad that this is the morning game. Like, get it started. Yeah, let's kick Um, it off right. Right. I'm actually really – to me, this is the most exciting game of the day. Um, But – I'm actually really looking forward to see one, what the Colts defense does to this bills offense and then counteracting that, what the bills come up with against the defense. Cause I know they're just, I know there's going to be some plays where I'm like, Oh, 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 like they, they really figured out a way around that and they came out with some points. That's pretty scary actually for everyone else. Um, 
I have the Bills 30, Colts 21. I just don't know how long that Colts defense will hold up against that Bills offense. But I wouldn't even be surprised if the scores are a little bit higher than that or even closer how Jordan had them. Because, I mean, this is going to be a Well, I say going to be. I also hope. Please let this be a good one because we deserve it. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is definitely going to be a good start to the day for sure. So let's move into that second game, the afternoon game with Rams versus Seahawks. Who do you guys have in this game and why? Is golf playing? Yeah, he should be good to go. He should be good to go. As of now, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And it's looking like that thumb is going to be all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Since golf go ahead, playing, man. okay. Since golf playing, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Rams. You know, <laughs> offense hasn't been clicking these last three it's, four it's weeks. Been off. It's it, been very been off. Clicking at all, but that defense has been doing its thing. The defense has improved dramatically since you know from the beginning of the. Uh, of the football year to, or even the mid football year where we was just toasting the ass on here. But <laughs> right. that, that offense just hasn't been there. And, and I think it's my, it's probably going to continue. I think uh, the Rams going to, you know, do what Sean McVay does that run that stretch play, that play action off that stretch play, hit Robert Woods over the middle. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Rams here. I think Aaron Donald's going to be wrecking havoc. And it's crazy because even if he's not wrecking havoc, he's doing what he got to do. So the other players can wreck havoc. You know, I've been on Leonard Ford's head since he's been coming out of college, and he's 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 playing pretty good over there with the Rams. So I think they're going to pull an offset. I think Jalen Ramsey, he's going to do his thing over there, shut down whatever receiver he's going to be on. I'm pretty sure it's going to be D.K. Metcalf. So I'm not even expecting a big game from D.K. I'm saying maybe three, maybe four catches for him, but there won't be nothing, you know, very big. So I think the Rams are going to take it. I think the Rams' offense is going to – Get on track, get 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 a nice little roll going, and then that defense is just pretty much just go out there and hunt Russell Wilson. So I'm gonna go Rams twenty four, uh, Seahawks seventeen. Yeah, this this is this is gonna be a game. This is definitely probably out of all the games that I'm hyped to see. This is definitely probably in the top two. You know, so I just think you know every time these two teams play, it's always a close game. The last time they played. You know, we've seen how 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 close it was. And and like Henry said, the defense is, is playing a lot better. They're playing a lot better. You know, um, they're stopping the run. And that's that's why I think Seattle's gonna win this game. Because the Rams, they gotta Jared Goff has to play better. He did not look good at all versus Seattle the last game. And I think eventually what's gonna happen, I think it's gonna be a close game because they're gonna get pressured. Like Henry said, you know, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, Brockers, all of them, that that D-line is gonna come after them and they're gonna they're gonna get pressure on them, they're gonna sack them, all of that. But they sacked them five times last game, and they were still he was still able to get some big chunk plays here and there. He had one touchdown, you know, and the Rams just wasn't able to do nothing on offense at all. On the defense, that's been, you know, one of the worst defenses. In the league. Now they've been playing better. Yeah, that's 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 true. But they still are not considered a top defense or anything like that. And they really shut the Rams down. So if Jared Goff doesn't play up to his potential, 
then I, I, I don't, I mean, this game could look like how it looked last game. You know, it was 20 to nine. It could be, you know, uh, 27, you know, to nine or something like that, you know. So I do have this game being closer, though. I have 34, 31 Seahawks. I just, I, I don't trust Jared Goff. Although I will say this, the Rams is a sleeper team, though. I, I will say they are a sleeper team. So I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game because for those simple reasons that we both brought up, that defense, that defensive line, you know, we talked about it on, I think, the last podcast we recorded that, you know, sleeper teams that we think could possibly beat the Chiefs. And this is one of the teams that this is one of the teams that we said I said personally because of how good that defense is. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they happen to win this game. I just don't think I got to see it. Jared Goff has to show me something. They're not going to be able to just run the ball because for them to hit them play action, them stretch plays and stuff like that, they got to be able to run the ball. And Seahawks been pretty good stopping the run. So, yeah, I got the Seahawks 34-31. Yeah, I got Seattle 2. I really got Seattle 2 here. It's so crazy, the difference between the way Seattle looked at the beginning of the year, as you talked about, Henry, with the offense just lighting everybody up and the defense not having any ability to stop anything. And then it's just like they switched. I don't know what caused that to happen, but here we are. And really the difference that I'm noticing with Seattle's offense is just they are not calling shot plays and like play action deep passes like they were early in the season. It's like Pete Carroll went back to his earlier regression of playing conservative. And I remember these teams have played twice. We get two different matchups throughout the course of this wildcard weekend of the third time that two teams have played this game, as well as the Steelers and the Browns. And I think that makes for good competition because you have familiarity within both squads when it comes to how to diagnose and play against their opponent. Right. So I really do love that. But for the Seahawks in particular, they're just, they've kind of gone back in. They've, they've, this turtle has put his head back underneath his shell. And when they played in week 16, that the last time these two squads played, it was halftime. It was six to six. They asked Sean McVay, how's this game going? Sean McVay, the offensive mastermind that he is, this is horrible. I'm not liking where we're at. We really got to start playing better. We got to put more points on the board. We left yards on the field, et cetera, et cetera. They asked Pete Carroll the same question. How's it going? Six to six. I love where we're at. This is perfect. This is where we want to be at. I really, really love it. That's just the different type of philosophies that these two coaches have when they approach a game. But when this game goes off, I just think that Seattle has more on both sides of the ball to be able to advance to the next round. So I'm with you, Josiah. I like Seattle to win. And I think that if we were going to rank the teams that would be like just with all these teams in this wildcard weekend, that apart from the two teams that have buys, but would be some of the best teams if we were to, you know, start eliminating groups. I think there's going to be a team that advances in the NFC, if not two, that aren't as good as the team that loses this game. And the same thing could be said for the Colts. I just think that the Colts, the Colts and the, the Bills and this game as well, you're going to see a team that loses that game that could possibly beat a team or I would like against a team that is going to probably be in the second round. So for this particular game, though, in the first round, give me the Seahawks. I like this score to be a, what am I thinking? Give me Seattle 20 and the Rams 17. It's going to be low uh, scoring because that's where, that's, that's where, that's, that's what Pete wants. That's what he wants. Jordan, that is literally the score that I have <laughs> down. Yep. Um, there you go. Yeah. I, as much as I would prefer the Rams to win this game, 
when I look at both of these offenses and both of these, well, and then when I look at both of these quarterbacks that have had a a few weeks of just struggling, it's hard for me, regardless of what team he plays on, to choose against Russell Wilson in tight situations. And I think, especially in important games. And when I look at the back and forth that I believe these teams will do and fight throughout the four quarters, I just think the Seahawks have a slight edge. I would love an upset, Henry. Love, love, love. Give me all of that. But I I also have Rams 17, Seahawks 20. I just, it's going to be a good one. But we'll mm-hmm. see, which we'll see also which teams on both ends of the field, offense and defense, show up because we've seen these teams look like <laughs> a couple of different teams this entire season. So that'll be interesting to see if they show up ready to play or you know what's going on with that for sure. Let's move into that night game. Um, I Let me just say, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, how, did, how, why, why our division would ever let us be like king of the bums is beyond me, but um, I'll take it. Uh, I could probably have five different scores for this game that I could give you guys in different scenarios, depending on, both sides of this one. Um, I just cannot see Washington on offense keeping up with the Bucks. So if our defense isn't scoring points, I think it's a wrap for us. Because um, it's... There's just so many different factors in this game that I'm probably just going to watch it as like, you know, we're not even supposed to be here. We don't have a name. Uh, (laughs) You got to start believing in your team, man. Look, I told you I have to see things and I've seen things and they I'm beyond. This is why I like I'm not even I wasn't prepared to talk about us in playoffs because, huh? You know what I mean? Like I saw the growth. I saw growth. I saw a little bit of culture, which I talked to you guys that was missing. I see that now. So I am stoked regardless. I'm just nervous because <laughs> Alex Smith's like, did you, you guys saw the game, right? Did you see Alex Smith's legs? Oh, when they were trying to like roll his legs the entire game. I could, there was, for some reason, I just was focused on his legs and, oh. God willing, he played, played, but I still look at that game like he should not have played. That wasn't even the same Alex Smith from the games previously before he went out with his injury. I just, I I worry. He has suck coming for him. (laughs) Like, let's be honest. I'm just, I, I don't know if his legs can make it. I hope they can, but. I just, what do you guys think about this game? I think the only way for you guys to win is if the defense goes crazy. Like, like 
beyond crazy. Yeah, like you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, like that. That's literally the other way because you guys are not going to be able to outscore them. Like, like keep up with them. I should say. Mm-hmm. Only way that yeah, only way to win is honestly if if you guys this front four just dominates. That's that's literally the only way I can see you guys winning the football game. Like, and it has to be from start to end. It can't just be like yeah, oh look absolutely. there, yeah, you know? like get a couple of strip sacks and then that get y'all to like some good field position stuff like that. Right. That's literally the only way mm-hmm. I can see you guys winning the game because I don't think your your secondary can keep up with with their with their receivers. So. That's literally the only way I can see you guys winning the football game. Other than that, I, and if they don't get no type of pressure, it will be a long day, 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way I see you guys winning. And But I, I'm going to have to go with the other team. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I can't wait to hear the score. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the other team. I'm waiting on the score. Like I said, I don't see y'all. Being able to pull it out, I don't. Like I said, only way y'all can do is if y'all – and I think the defense will get some keys. They are going to get pressure. Yeah, they're going to get pressure. They they definitely are, but I don't think it's it's not going to be enough. So – and you guys are home, but, I mean, y'all got no crowd there, so it don't mean nothing. I know. I was like, what is that, Ants? You can sleep in your own bed. I wish that was an advantage. (laughs) You know, if the crowd was there, that would help y'all a lot because then that defense would have been just, you know, ears back, I'm going. That's true. So, but I'm going to go Buccaneers 31. And I'm sorry. That's not all right. Actually, I'm just waiting for the other side because you're on par with me right now. So, 31 10, Buccaneers. Yeah. I, I I think the Buccaneers, <laughs> the offense is going to be too much, man. I think the D-line is definitely going to get after Tom Brady, though. We talked about this. Me and Jordan, I, I think it was me and Jordan, yeah, we talked about how good this D-line is and mm-hmm. possibly being the best D-line in the league. And we all know Brady and any standing, any cute, well, all QBs, they don't like pressure at all, but especially that pressure that comes right up the middle. And Tom Brady's not somebody that can scramble. So, you know, they, and, and you know, they, they got all these different – First round draft picks, D lineman that's really coming to play. And obviously, we talked about the coaching. They're going to be bringing different type of pressures. Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera. So they're going to have something ready for Brady. I just, I just don't think it's going to be enough. And vice versa, Todd Bowles is going to have something ready for Alex Smith. You know, so I, I just think the offense is this this whole team defense and offense is going to take off. I think it'll probably be close for the first second quarter. Going into that second half, though. The Buccaneers is going to pull away. They're going to pull away, and we all know how Bruce Aarons is. He's he's not one to really take his foot off the off the gas when it comes down to offense and play. Or well, Byron left Leftwich, but still that offense in general, they can put up some points. I got it being, and you know, Henry only got he got ten points. I got the red. I got well, I got the football team scoring twenty points. What but I got? Yeah, I'll say twenty. I, I'm going to give you twenty. Okay. And Buccaneers, I got 38, though. I just think, and maybe even more. You know, I just think eventually they're, they're going to take off because that, that's what they do. Sometimes you look at some of these games where they're like close games, and then you just, you know, and sometimes you may not even be watching the game. Sometimes I got to turn to it. I'm watching so many mm-hmm. games, I turn back to it. Like, how they score 20 points that quick? Sometimes it don't even be the offense, it'd be the defense, you know, yeah. turnovers and stuff. So, and that's that's why I think that the, the Buccaneers is just about a complete team. They're really, they, they really, we were waiting for this offense to step up. Well, not waiting for it to step up, but we thought early in the season that this offense was going to take a little minute to gel. They gelled pretty quickly. I think we thought middle of the season, they kind of 
started they got things going with week five, week six, and they haven't looked back. You know, they they have in spurts they they struggle, but then that don't matter because here come the defense. You know, the defense is you know blitz happy. We know that. So yeah, I got the Buccaneers, man. Yeah, 38-20. 38-20. I got the Bucks too. I got the Bucks too. And I'm trying to I'm trying to lay the bricks to a road that leads to a Washington football team victory. I'm trying to like, just in my head, like how this could happen. And and like, like you said, Henry, it's got to start with that front four. It's got to start with that front four from the back. When you go to the, from the front four to the back end, they actually have a pretty decent secondary and a big, a big factor is going to be the health of Mike Evans, because when he got that record last week against or last Sunday against Atlanta, the next play, he tweaked his knee and it didn't look all that healthy. Like just the way his knee bent and kind of warped. They were saved. They were saved because of the fact that when they gave him a MRI, it revealed no structural damage. What that means going forward for him to play this coming weekend, we will have to wait and see. But if he's down, that's just one less playmaker they have to account for. And another injury to, to pay attention to is going to be Devin White. Devin White is questionable as we record this right now. Most likely, these guys are going to be able to go because it's the playoffs. You need your horses, you know, time to saddle up. So, but pay attention to these as the week goes on. And just Devin White's ability to be able to just wreck stuff as a player. Like, he, I still feel like that guy he has some work to do in coverage and he's young, so that'll come. But his ability as like a, as a green dog blitzer, I don't know if there's a better green dog blitzing linebacker in the NFL. He's amazing at that. His ability to run and chase, he's amazing at that. And just he is able to just change. A change in offense's picture when he sits and drops in his own and then he comes after the quarterback. So those two factors are going to be real big in terms of Washington's path to be able to win. But I'm still running out of those bricks to be able to build that path as I sit here today. So give me give me the bucks. I like the score to be 31 to 16. 31-16. That's what I like. I forgot I didn't give my score. So my score is 31-13. We're just going to flip it. Um, yeah. And then everything else that I <laughs> that I said. And I, the only, and I would actually, I had it as initially, I probably was more on par with Henry. But I think once, the Bucks get up and beyond and just start, you know, doing their thing. They might take a few people out. And so we'll get to like kick a field goal or something in there at the end. <laughs> That's where so, my last three points are coming in. I got a question. Is Alex Smith playing or is it Tyler Heineke or like so far as what I mean, I said is it looks like everyone is on par to playing, which so, like, is it is it Alex or is it Heineke? Because I, I was reading earlier today, there was a talk where they could use both of them. And like, that, like, rotate and well, them in and out. I saw that, too. And I saw that Alex is on track to start, but there could be plays that he takes off. And I was like, I mean, okay, but, you know. I trying mean, that in play in a playoff, like eh. I mean, uh, maybe if that can sustain his 
ability to play well, eh, maybe, but right. I still can't see that being enough on offense to keep up with the bot. Like if yeah. it just, it just keep everyone healthy. That's what I'm asking for. I mean, if, if you guys do end up rotating quarterbacks, that would be just the, the epitome of what the NFC East has been with just trying to really? find a quarterback to start. If you look at every team in that division and the one, yeah, and I'm and glad trying to, you know, have healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> human beings on the field. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm glad the team, at least that I would say like Josiah and I, like you mentioned, we were talking earlier about like, you know, which team out of this division would make it. I think ultimately right now, as we sit here, the team with the best defense in that division is the one that did go forward. The Giants are pretty solid defensive unit too, but I still just have to place the the Washington's defense slightly slightly ahead of them. But yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. Actually, first road wild card game for Tom Brady in his entire career. That's crazy. Insane. That's crazy. Dude has won like so many more Super Bowls than he's ever been on the road in wild card weekend. He's like road. What's that? Exactly. <laughs> Let's move into our Sunday games. First game up, Ravens, Titans. Henry, tell me some good things about this game, please. This this, this shit personal, man. It is like. <laughs> I love it. This shit I hope personal, it is. Bro. You know, earlier in this year, they came and, you know, sent on our logo. Mike Brable, fuck him. I ain't got no respect for Mike Brable. As far as this game goes, you know we're, we're, we're we got we're, we're peaking at the right time. You uh, are. So we're peaking at the Don't right they time. Look fantastic. Yeah, peaking at the right time. We just ran for over four hundred yards versus the Bengals. Although it be the Bengals, still an NFL team, ran for over four hundred yards against them. We gotta we, we gotta come out strong. You know, we signed this offseason. We signed Clayus Campbell. We signed Derek Wolf. We drafted Patrick Queen. We drafted Malik Harrison. This is what we drafted you for. This is what we signed you for. It's, it's for this game to stop Derrick Henry because last year uh, our, our defense alignment was Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, and um, Chris Wormley. So we upgraded that with Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, and Derrick Wood. This is what we brought you guys here for, specifically for this game, you know, so – it's going to be a big test for us on stopping him. I'm really not worried about that defense over there. I'm not. I think we'll be able to put up points against them. But I think if we slow down Derrick Henry and we stop that running game, which that means we're not, we're not going to have to worry about the play action because the running game is not going to nowhere. I think we got to. I think we can take this game. The last game we didn't have uh, Calais Campbell didn't play and Brandon Williams didn't play the first time we we played the the Titans. And we held. We we did a good job against Eric Henry until the fourth quarter, until that overtime. That's when he just, you know, went off pretty much. So we contain him throughout the game, and 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 keep, continue what we're doing. Hopefully, Greg Woman doesn't do it, that bullshit he did last year. We're just abandoning the run game. If he just sticks to the game plan, doing what we've been doing all year, doing what's been working, I I, I think we can take this game. Lamar Jackson been playing way better uh, since pretty much since coming back from COVID, pretty much. So, if Lamar Jackson keeps doing what he's doing. The offense keeps doing what they're doing. I think we just slow down Derrick Henry. I think our secondary can 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 do their job against you know Brown and Corey Davis or whatnot. 
I think we'll be okay. So I got the Ravens taking it. No biasness. I really, if I wasn't a Ravens fan, I'll take the Ravens winning. I'm going to go Ravens. So we always put up over 30 points. I'm going to go 34. I'm going to go 34, 24. Ravens. That's 30, crazy. 34, what was that? 34, 24. Did you say 40? 34, 34, 34. I thought you said 44, too. That's why I asked. I, actually, <laughs> I, knew he said, I, I thought he said actually what he said, 24, because I got the exact same score. 34, 24, Ravens, man. I think this is a big game. This is, I mean, every game is big for these teams and whatnot. But this one right here, like Henry said, last year was disappointing. We didn't think the Ravens was going to lose to the Titans last last year in the playoffs. And they, they lost convincingly. They got beat bad, you know. And then this year, you know, I and it's crazy because I think most of us probably picked the Ravens to win. I, I don't know what it is now, but I know the first two games, I know a lot of people picked the Ravens to win, and they lost both games. So here we are, and I know myself, I'm picking them for the third time. This is the last hope I'm going to have against the tight, against, uh, for the Ravens against the Titans, man, because it just, it just seems like, I'm not going to say they don't play well because they actually played well versus them last time. Like Henry said, it went into overtime, you know, and Derrick Henry just, you know, you just keep running. He never gets – it's almost like he never gets tired. You know, the, the defense does, obviously, whatever defense he's got to uh, go up against. But it, it just seemed like him himself, they just, he just doesn't – it's hard to wear him down. You know, but hopefully, like Henry was saying, you know, Greg Roman, he was on the bullshit in the last playoff game. Well, he's been on that bullshit a lot this year as far as moving away from the run. And hopefully that's not the case this Sunday. Because I think if they're able to run the ball, they should be able to win this game. The Titans defense is trash. We've been talking about it all season from week one all the way here now to the playoffs. They do not have a good defense. I think the Ravens just need to focus on running the ball. The last time they played, you know, J.K. actually had a solid game, you know, but he he only he only had the ball 15 times, you know, 70 yards, 15 touches. But he averaged almost five yards per carry. You know, and again, I, I don't know if Greg's if Greg gets lost as far as who what he wants to do because he has so many different runners. You got Gus, you have obviously J.K. You got Lamar obviously back there, you know, and and he he's breaking records and whatnot as far as running the ball. So I don't know, but he needs to stick to the run, right? And I think right. letting J.K. do his thing and then letting Lamar do do some play action plays or just you know let him do his thing, but stick to the run. Because this defense, they're not good at stopping the run. They're not good in, in, in the pass defense. So, you know, like Henry said, they really just need to focus on stopping Henry. And okay. it's, it's easier said than done. But they didn't have Calais Campbell. And like Henry said, they drafted these players. They picked up some of these players in free agency. with well, some of these players in play. Brandon Williams in play. Calais Campbell didn't play. So there's two big guys right there that they need. Now, Brandon's played against them before, obviously, in the playoff game. But the last game, he didn't. And neither did Calais. So and and that's really that was the answer is why they picked picked up Calais Campbell. So hopefully they get it right this game. I got the Ravens finally getting over the hump. Lamar Jackson getting over the hump. Uh 34-24 Ravens. And it's about damn time they unleashed J.K. Dobbins too. They, they've been pissing me off by not giving him the carries when he's obviously the best back we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't make no sense. This game has, is the toughest game of the entire wild card weekend for me to pick. And that's why when it comes to the slate of games, this game is in my top two and it has a, has a clear case to be even number one. 
because of the history and just where these two squads are right now. And when I look at these two different play callers, you got Arthur Smith and then and then and then you have you have who's who's drawn it up over there and having people run run the ball over there for Baltimore. Offensive coordinator right now escaping me. Sorry. But anyway, evading that run game and getting away from what you are in your bones is what has ultimately killed the Ravens, as you've talked about. The Titans have never been a team this year where it's like, gee, I thought they should have ran the ball more to win that game. That's just what they do. They're going to do it. They're going to almost almost just pound their head into a wall in order for it to just be able to, <laughs> to it, look, I'm going to do this and maybe this wall will break down. Maybe it won't, but this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <That's true. laughs> you know, and 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 like you said, Henry, you brought these pieces in this year for this game, and that's what I love so much about it. And we saw the Titans lately throughout the course of the season, and especially last week against the Texans, trying to give Derrick Henry that 2K, really, really riding on him as they've done throughout the course of the year, but really just feeding him. And the amount of duo runs they gave him, duo runs being power without the puller, for those listening who don't know, power without the puller. Derrick Henry is the best duo runner that, honestly, I may have ever seen. Just the way he's able to manipulate the mic, and that's the only guy he's really got to worry about and then pick his spot. It's like it's a gap scheme run with zone principles in terms of what the running back is going to read. And I can't wait for that cat and mouse game for him to just sit there with Harrison, with Queen, with McPhee, whoever it might be within those trenches and trying to diagnose. But that can all be disrupted. That can all be disrupted if Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell just wreck the front side blocks. So we're going to see. And I am and I can't wait to see. Thus far throughout the course of this year, Arthur Smith, as I had mentioned earlier, has been one of the best play callers in the entire NFL. And I just love A.J. Brown and Derek Henry the way they are just able to burst through tackles. And Ryan Tannehill has landed himself as a top 10 quarterback this yeah, season. He's balling. Yeah. I mean, we, we can say what we want about the play action. Sure. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's say that. I mean, he is, he, just like you said, he's balling. This dude is putting up points in every way possible. They call those read options every now and then when teams start just really gravitating towards Henry. And as I sit here right now, I'm still like somewhat on the fence with who I got to pick. But when we did this podcast prior to the season starting and we made our rec- our predictions and all those things. Right. I still got to reside with the team that I have just hung on to the most as to where they are in terms of the caliber of the squad that we're looking at. Give me Baltimore as well. Give me Baltimore as well. That deep, the, the biggest, the biggest, biggest advantage is the Baltimore defense is and has been that much better than the Titans defense. And I think there's going to be a turning point at some point where that defense makes a play, whether it's Patrick Queen on a huge sack to be able to knock them out of field goal position and make them force a punt or something like that. Or, or Marlon Humphrey gets it, gets an opportunistic interception. You have players like that or, or whoever it ends up being Mar- Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, name the guy. But I think we're going to see that from that defense at least one point this weekend. So give me the Ravens. I like the score to be. I'm not going to go 34, 24, because we already got two, two of y'all who picked that. I got to pick my own numbers. Give me, I like 30, 30. I like 30 to 27. 
Baltimore. So you guys are making me honestly want to change my pick just so don't I don't like do it. Spice. Like, well, cause I'm like, we all can't be on the same page again with this, this matchup. Like, but if that's what uh, you think, then do it. Uh, like, I don't want to. Uh, okay. Well, duh. I'm choosing Ravens. I'm sorry. Um, partially because, you know, my husband is a Jags fan and he'll say F the Titans day in and day out. But also, you know, basically what you guys touched on. I also love a good revenge game of like, hey, that hurt last season. Nah, like <laughs> not again. Not not this year. No, not today, Satan. Um, so I chose the Ravens 34 and Titans 27. I have it a little bit closer, but um, I think the Ravens come out with it. I think you guys are better prepared. I think knowing what the Titans are going to do on offense, duh, like you said, Jordan, beating the head against the wall. Okay, you know it's happening. So what are we doing to counteract that? I think the Ravens have put in place pieces that are now prepared to stop that. And I also think that you guys, I think your defense also will have, will put up some points that just solidify your win in this game. So please do it. I don't know how I blanked on Greg Roman's name earlier. I really don't. I <laughs> it came back there. to you, though. It's okay. But I sat there and asked myself, who is your coordinator? It's Greg Roman. Why did I forget that? I don't know. I was thinking about something else. But, th- yeah, this game, like, I'm so – like, as we've gone through this conversation, this th- I'm more hyped for this game than the Bills one. Throw that out the window. Yeah, I'm I, more well, these are, no, these are I, my these are my two, like, each day. These are my my games besides my game, of course. Like there's going to be games that I'm like, cool, let's, let's get it. I'm ready for a big old fight. Let's go. Not fight, fight, but you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, I can't even imagine how you feel, Henry, because I would be just like, (laughs) they they disrespected (laughs) us earlier this year, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I, uh, we, we, I, the last game really could have went either way too. Yeah, it was one right. in OT, so you know I, this this one. That's why I think a lot of people's hyped for this game for a lot of reasons. For one, they're waiting for Lamar to make that 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 leap, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, this is like a robbery in a sense. Yeah, you know? that buildup is real. Yeah, it's been going yeah. back for a while. Remember for the Ray Lewis and Eddie George days. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then they had a, and they was both running backs. Right. So I mean, it has there's, there's there's some some history. There's some history for sure. There's some history. Definitely looking forward to that. Let's move forward to the next game on Sunday afternoon: Bears versus Saints. Who do you guys have taking this and why? This one right here, I was, you know, I I got the Saints. I got the Saints winning this game. But this one, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm nervous of this game. You know, uh, I, I would, 
I would I would bet I would I would still bet on the Saints. It's funny because I was trying to I was trying to place a bet with, with Gibson. He wasn't trying to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying Come to, on, Gibson, was trying to take the bet. Take the bet, Gibson. To, I was trying to tell him because you know I mean Breeze for one we already know he, he he can't throw deep. We we know that you know so he can't throw downfield. And this D line is going to get after it. And I really like how this Bears offense has been playing. You know, play calling has been a lot better. They've been running the ball a lot more. You know, and that's helped, you know, the uh, – it's helped the offense. It's helped the the QB, whoever was playing Mitchell in that case right now. But it's been helping. And just just looking at the points, you know, over these last few weeks, 41, 33, 36, 30, 25. I mean, they haven't put up 25 or even close to that since week three. You know, so they've been really hot on offense. And that's kind of what you've been waiting on. Really, uh, for for the Bears, you know the defense. You know the, you know what the defense is going to bring, and that's what get me. You know Breeze again going back to his ability, his arm ability, and what he can do and what he can't do. Him coming off the rib injury, that D line coming after it and whatnot. I, it's just it's just one of them, them 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 crazy games that you know where it could be an upset. But I got the Saints. I got the Saints winning it because I, I do think they have. Well, for one, they got a really nice defense themselves. You know they can get after the QB. You know, we've talked a lot about Dennis Allen over the last couple of years here. And, you know, it's probably the best defense Sean Payton has had since he's been the head coach for the uh for the Saints. So yeah, I really I I this is this is gonna be a, a sleeper. I like this game. I'm gonna go with the Saints on this one. I think Sean Payton's gonna find a way to just put up enough points, but I think it's gonna be a close game. I got 30-27 Saints. Man, you have it that close. Yeah. I have it. I, 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 they do it on offense, man. They're running the ball real way, David. And we talked about it's crazy because we talked about how bad the running game has been. Whether it's been David uh, Montgomery not taking the right holes, looking lost at times. Whether it's Matt Nagy not calling run plays. Whether it's the offensive line. I mean, it's just so many things that was going wrong with that offense. And now it just looked like it's it's just clicking. And, you know, and they really – they're not – they probably feel like – well, they probably feel like they're supposed to be here. But, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just think I, I like what they're doing. I Like I said, I got the Saints winning. I would bet on it, you know. So, if Gibson, if you listen to this, when you do listen to it, you know, take what I said and then go with that bet. You know what I'm saying? Because it, 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 I think it's going to be a close game. But, yeah, I got the Saints, man. I, I, I definitely got the Saints. But I like the, I like what the Bears is doing. I I have the Saints too. I mean, I got the Saints in this one. To me, I think this is the least close game of the weekend. The Saints defense has really come more into form of what I think we all expected them to be when we looked at that roster at the start of this year, just with all of the different players. Like when you go through that, when we made our top tens, we had Marshawn Lattimore there. We had Marcus Williams there. We had Cameron Jordan there. We had Demario Davis there. And they're getting improvements everywhere else throughout the course of that entire unit. And I think that's going to be able to be more than enough to really limit what Mitch Trubisky is doing. You're right. The Bears offense has improved as of late. They've since using Mitch more and going back to Mitch after the injury to Foles. We've seen them go under center more. But the biggest thing with that, they're going under center, doing play action, boots, naked, stuff like that, really taking advantage of Mitch's mobility. But even more than all that, the thing that I look at as the biggest glaring issue is the teams they did it against. Right? He got to do this against the Lions. He got to do this against the Texans. He got to do this against the Vikings, whose defense was very subpar compared to what we expect from a Mike Zimmer-led unit. 
And I don't necessarily see that being the case in a playoff game. The last time that all those dudes in the locker room probably are going to get up and dress up potentially for Drew Brees within that locker room and the type of command that he has over those guys. You know, we all have our takes and our stances, but nonetheless, there's a lot of dudes in that locker room within that organization that still carry a large respect for Drew Brees. And even beyond that, they want to, they want to define their own legacy in this playoff. And I don't think Mitch Trubisky and that offense that the Bears bring is going to be enough. I just I don't see it right now. Roquan Smith, as we record this, is also questionable with an elbow injury. And there's an angle on the All-22 film of that where that elbow injury looks bad. It bends in a way that's just, let's just say is not healthy. And and him, there's an argument this year that Roquan Smith was the most productive player on that Bears defense in terms of production, specifically. Khalil Mack is the guy that garners all the attention. He's the guy that opposing offenses try to take away and dedicate their efforts and resources to eliminate. Sure, cool, great. We all know that. But Roquan Smith has played tremendous this season. And if he can't go... That's going to be a huge noticeable difference when it comes to defending what they want to do with Alvin Kamara. It's just, that's that's going to be a huge glaring issue. I like the Saints too. I'm with you on that for sure. I don't see this game being close. Mitch Trubisky is still Mitch Trubisky. If the Bears had a different quarterback, I might feel a little bit different about it. And like you said, there's been those issues with the running game. David Montgomery not picking the right hole. The offensive line not blocking. Whatever it is. But there's just so many areas where those issues arise. And some of those and most of those and a lot of times it's always Mitch Trubisky just somehow, some way making these terrible throws and terrible decisions. I like the Saints. Let me call it. 34 to 17. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Jordan. I don't I don't see this game being close at all. Um, yeah, the offense had looked better, but just like Jordan, Jordan alluded to, um, it was against weaker, you know, talent or whatnot. But I have I'll give it to David Montgomery. He has been running the ball how I how I thought he would be running the ball once he got to the league. So he did he has been picking up his game. Uh Mr. Shabisky has been throwing the ball pretty, you know, pretty better than what he has been what we've been accustomed to seeing him doing. So he has been throwing the ball really well. But I think that Saints offense and is is just gonna get rolling out of Kamara. I believe he should be eligible to play. Maybe, yeah. Okay, so he, yeah, he, yeah, he could, he could be as long as everything checks right, out. Right, so he should be coming back. So that's the good. You already know he's definitely he's one of the hardest running backs to came to stop. He just came off one hot game with running for six touchdowns. So I, you already know he's going to be doing his thing. And I think that defense is going to definitely get after Mitchell Trubisky, Cameron Jordan, one of the best defensive ends in the game. He's definitely going to be doing his thing. So yeah, I got the Saints winning this game. Um, you already know Taysom Hill. He's gonna, you know, have they're gonna have his little plays in. With usually when he, you know, comes in for his five to ten plays a game, he usually gets some pretty positive yards. So I'm gonna go Saints big as well. I'm gonna go 34. Uh, I'm gonna 34 17 Saints. Drew Brees and that offense gets a rolling, and that defense gets the stops that they need to to get the victory. I think this game's probably gonna be the most lopsided out of all the playoff games. Really? Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. and Michael Thomas coming back too. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna hail Mary this whole thing. I hear what Jordan and Henry have said, and I agree to some extent. 
I also see Josiah's side with the Bears offense clicking and all of that. And I think the Bears offense is clicking at the right time. I'd also like to note that week eight, who did the Bears play? The Saints, right? They went to overtime. That is their lowest deficit of a loss this season. I'm going to choose an upset on this one. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go Bears 24, Saints 21. <laughs> like I wow. said, like I said, Hail Mary. Like, let's throw it out there. See what happens. I if, feel if, if Mitch Trubisky beats Drew Brees, I really hope Gibson is not listening to this because he will never let Cover Zero. Yo, and I and it and it's and I can't even believe I just said like I'm like now thinking about like wait I just said that I am not a Trubisky like believer at all. Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> we, we all yeah, we all we all we all agree on him more or less. Okay, but I'm just saying. They're clicking. I'm looking at their last matchup. And so if I'm going to choose, because I like to choose an upset each wild card, this is my upset right here. But that, la- that last game, though, know, there was, it was Nick Foles. It that was, was before Nick Foles came. Well, but, you know, Nick Foles, did he, uh, I don't know. Well, it was Nick Foles, but the offense just wasn't playing that well. It still was a wonky oh. offense because he Nick Foles, Nick Foles did what Nick Foles does, right? But it still had its ups and downs in the offense that I have seen progress in for the Bears. So I'm just gonna, and that's why I'm only bringing up that game. I'm not talking about other their other losses and you know their ups and downs. I'm going basic. Just look at the last game against that Saints. They fought. Let's do it again and let's change the outcome. I'm ready to stir some stuff up. Let's do it. (laughs) They probably didn't even think they was going to be in the playoffs. So you know that. I I think that too. I think that that whole, oh, we're in playoffs? Okay, (laughs) bet. Bet. Bet, Gibson, bet. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm (laughs) I hope he listened to this, but I hope he listened to me because I wanted to be Hopefully he believed what, at least what me and Brandy is saying, and he really changed his tune. But, I mean, I do feel the way I feel, man. I, I just the, the offense is, is clicking, and that running game is, is tough. Running game is tough right now. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. Hopefully. All right. Let's – okay, I've, I've thrown out enough, you know, craziness. Let's move to this last game. We have a rematch, Browns versus Steelers. Just as we did last weekend, we had different scenarios that played into the game. We have some COVID issues potentially that could or will affect this game so this one is my tough one who do you guys have in this crazy rematch uh, before all, before all this brown COVID stuff I had the Steelers and you know they barely just beat the Steelers pretty much with their JV team you know this past week they just beat them by what two right. points yeah so now Big Ben's coming back most of the starters on defense on the offense are going to be playing 
Now on the Browns side, you minus them not having their head coach. They pretty much just lost their best run blocking guard with Joe Batoni because he's going to have COVID. Um, and there's probably going to be some more throughout the week because you already know once you know once one player has it, they seem like a couple of days later or a day later, another one has it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Steelers this game. Um, I think that offense is going to get Chase Claypool involved, uh, you know, try to hit Juju over the middle, try to try to do something with that run game, even though it's been pretty much abysmal this whole year. Maybe they can try to get something going. That run game is trash. It's, it's so trash. <laughs> it's, it's beyond trash. It's going to be the defense. Well, go ahead, though. Go ahead. Yeah, so – but it, with, with with that being said, I do have the Steelers winning. Um, like I said, they barely just beat the Steelers with their with, by two points. Um, so I think the Steelers are definitely going to be able to get rolling early and often. And you know, because it, isn't Stephen Smith uh, Stagnancy, Isn't he, he's their play callers too, right? Who it, the Who? head coach? Isn't it the, the oh Stefanski? Yeah. yeah, he's the play caller. Yeah, yeah. so you're losing the play caller as well. So. You know, they, they pretty much got, you know, the rest of this week to try to get it right with, you know, so hopefully we'll we'll see how it goes. I don't think it's going to go too well. That's just me personally. It's crazy. The Browns finally make the playoffs for 17 years, and then boom, COVID hits. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's the, that's the very worst time. Right. Very the worst time. Wrong person. I mean, you don't want nobody to get it. But right. They call it? Yeah. So, but, yeah, so minus all the Browns going through, I'm going to go – uh, Pittsburgh, I'll give Pittsburgh 24. I'll go 24 to 10. That's how I see it coming. <sighs> yeah, I know, huh? I got Steelers, you know, winning this game. I thought about your score, you know, because I, <laughs> I got I got the Browns putting up 24. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it's just they don't have that OC. They don't have – I mean, they, well, they don't have their play caller, that is. They don't have Kevin playing or coaching – so I think that's that's big, man. That's a huge, huge loss. I, I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure. Obviously, it's going to be this, they're going to try to do the same type of offense. You know, they're still going to run the same type of offense. But you know, in critical moments, is he going to make the right call? You know, the guy who who's who's the guy stepping in, calling the plays again? It's uh, Matt. It's I, I can't even remember how to pronounce his name. Prefer Prefer. I can't even. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. But they wanted yeah. him to call plays in the preseason, but uh, obviously we never had one. So here we are. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he's ready for that then. So maybe this is his chance, but I really like what Kevin's been doing on offense for, I mean, he's, he's been, he's been really, really good. Um, But with him not calling the plays. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go Steelers here, man. This is a big loss. Had hit, had, you know, had he been there, you know, to call the plays and be the head coach, then I think this game, I, I might even lean towards the Browns, you know, because they, the, the last game was close. They did they did barely beat the Steelers, obviously, and that was without Ben, you know, but with them being in the playoffs, them being excited, you know, uh, I think, you know, they're going to they're gonna bring it. But I think the Steelers – because Ben is coming, one of the reasons because he's coming back, and because they don't have Kevin over there for the Browns, that's going to really hurt them, I think. You know, but I, I will say this though. I mean, and the reason why I'm going to keep the score 27 24 Steelers, I will say this, you know, because that offense, that Steelers offense is just, it's just been bad. That that offense has not been a good offense at, at all. You know, Ben, 
He's played well enough. We talked about it all through the season. He's played well enough, but he's not the same Ben. We didn't think he was going to be from a few years ago. And the run game, just, it's just been trash. It's been trash. So yeah. it cannot get that going at all, and it won't help because the Browns' deep run defense is not terrible. You know, so, I mean, yeah. So I think what's going to happen is I think the Steelers' defense is going to make some 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 key stops. Maybe get a couple turnovers, and that's when it's, that's what's going to swing things towards the Steelers' way. So yeah, I got Steelers twenty-seven, twenty-four. I got Pittsburgh too. I really do. I would have honestly still went this way with Stefanski calling plays, honestly. And there's even a chance there without Bill Callahan, who's the offensive line coach, and there's even a chance they're also without the receivers coach and the tight ends coach. We got to wait and see. But even losing Joel Batonio who I have as a first-team shoe-in guard, arguably the best next to Quentin Nelson this year. Even losing him, though, that Browns offensive line is still going to be very good. You got Jedrick Wills. You're going to slot in Michael Dunn, who's the backup to Petonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Teller, best run blocker in the league, and then you got Jack Conklin on the right. That's better than most offensive lines you're going to see throughout the course of this weekend let alone the whole scale of the NFL. That's four dudes right there that are beasts. So if they lose that game, you, Browns fans or whoever can't, they might try to use the narrative, oh, if we would have had Joel Batonio or, you know, but get out of here with that. You know what I mean? I The Steelers, what they're going to do and what they have done all year long is that they have pressured the quarterback more than any team in the league. They lead the league in pressure rate. They lead the league in number of total pressures and they lead the league in terms of total sacks. And that is just that's too much for Baker to be able to overcome in this type of scenario. It's great they made it here. I love it. I've as I've said on this podcast before, if there is a true Browns, Browns fan out there listening, let me know. I'll buy you a beer. I just know what it's like to be a part of a bad team, but y'all been worse than my Raiders. Let's just be real. Okay. Right. Right. All right. It gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let me know. Subscribe to the show. Check us out. I feel for you, bro. Anyway, but to the course of this game, there's just with the COVID stuff, with just this moment being like the Browns feel like a team right now that like, Wow, we made it. And like you brought up, Henry, when they were going against that JV squad, there was a key late in the game. They needed a key first down to be able to sure the win when they had that lead. And every single person on that Browns roster looked like they were just fighting for their life to make it happen. Like they all believed. And that's cool. And I love to see those things. But now that they've made the playoffs and they've reached the playoffs and they've already made history with other things that are happened to other adversities they have to overcome, especially going against a defense like the Steelers that already obliterated them when they were at full strength. I feel like there's some sort of sense of like, wow, we did it. We made it. And the Steelers just like, nah, we got way more to prove. I feel like that's the collective emotion floating around that locker room for, for that, that black and yellow squad. Ultimately, they're going to be able to stack the box, force the Browns to be able to check out of the run plays as they might want to, as as they're likely going to do, like we saw in the Jets game when they had that super super stack box, and Baker was just like, "Look, we got we got to throw it no matter what." And whether or not they stick with it or don't, the Steelers just have a better team. And since that Colts game, when they have had been, they did show they still have some sort of capability to be able to challenge teams deep through the air. We'll see if they try to go that route. It's a question mark right now whether or not Denzel Ward plays. 
But either way, I still got the Steelers advancing, still got the Steelers winning. I like this score to be 27 to 17. Pittsburgh. I also chose the Steelers. I just think looking at, I think last week's game solidified that pick for me. I just didn't see enough from the Browns that made me believe that yes, you made playoffs, but are you ready to take it to that next level? I'm not convinced on that yet. Um, And like you said, Jordan, the, you know, you got back here. That's great. You're on this high, but again, what do you do with it? You know, and I'm not quite sure that the Browns are prepared for that moment. Um, I also am going to go. So I chose Steelers, but I have the defense scoring like points, points in this game. I just feel so I have Steelers, Browns, 31-24. Man, super wild card weekend. Three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Yeah. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah, I'm hyped. hyped. I like the new format. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I really do. Do you guys think they'll stick with it? Why not? Yeah, Yeah, why not? They're actually. mm -hmm. I hope they do because I uh, this is great. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, one more one more team to jump in. It makes the last week of football like that much more important, right? You don't have just as many throwaway games as you might have had. So, and then it makes it it makes it you know uh, three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. I used to always say the divisional round is my favorite because of just how the balance is. Yeah, right. But now, like, I, I want to see how it plays out, and I want to like, kind of, like, go through the experience of it. But, like, I can't remember a whole wild card re- weekend as a whole where I've been, like, this whole weekend is really going to define a lot of things. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for that to kick off. For sure. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we go? Uh... Nah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, just revenge. We need this revenge. Get it. Get it. Oh, I got I hope you guys get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, well, anyway, I'll, I'll say that until after that game. The Ravens and the Titans. I'll say that. I ain't going to say it yet. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back Monday morning. You can tell them then. Yeah. Yeah. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements. Cover Zero Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like us by supporting our Facebook page. You can find us at Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide. And if you want more exclusive content, feel free by clicking join when you want into the SSAW family by typing in Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide Group. See you next week.